We haven't talked about Matt Damon's ass yet. Booy. We're already 30 seconds in. All right, we'll start again. We'll talk about Matt Damon's ass. Okay. Today on Prowler Presents, Matt Damon's ass. Cue the music. <laughs> That's exactly how I would always think Matt Damon's ass would sound. His ass made played that guitar solo. It did. So it's uh, Adam speaking with Susie Felber. Thank you for coming on. Thanks for having me. We're going to talk about uh, this Sunday or whenever you listen to it. The Behind the Candelabra, Candelabra? Candelabra. A Liberace story on HBO, directed by Steven Soderbergh. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did a movie called Schizopolis. Does usually male porn? Is that his new thing? I guess it is, but um, not male porn, fag hag porn. Oh, yes. Well, Susie Felber, queen of the fag hags. I am queen of the fag hags. I'm now waving to all my loyal subjects, and I'm on a puffy pink fag hag cloud now because it was so awesome we, we am i supposed it. to not say that yet am i supposed to save spoiler that alert. for later spoiler the, the it was awesome it. it was awesome so the movie's about uh spoiler alert liberace is gay mm-hmm. which is the first thing i learned while watching this film <laughs> no i i really didn't think i just found, he didn't never found the right woman right and loved his mother he loved his mother who's played by Debbie Reynolds. He can't. Who's unrecognizable? In totally this movie. unrecognizable. So, uh, who is recognizable is Michael Douglas. Well, you're gonna say who is recognizable for me? Yeah. You put on a wig. I don't recognize you. I didn't recognize Rob Lowe. All they did was, um, you know, pin his eyes back with some tape and. Your shoulder, uh, elbow off the table. Oh, elbow off the table. Well, he was a plastic surgeon, and he had... Um, I didn't recognize him. Well, they gave him this weird tan, weird teeth, and pulled his face back. But then he did an impression of himself on Parks and Rec, that character he does. Yeah, I didn't see that, but I probably... You were too bit. So tell me, <laughs> what did you love about... So Michael well, Douglas plays... I didn't recognize Dan Aykroyd. That's didn't... because he's, he's two Dan Aykroyds. Like when was the last time you saw Dan Aykroyd? He played Liberace's manager. He's got the Jewish manager with the big glasses. I know, but checks. he put on a pair of big glasses. And I didn't recognize him. You know, I That's mean, enough really, to fool you. it's enough to fool me. You did work at the Daily Planet for a long time with Clark <laughs> I Kent. I had no idea. No idea. I had no idea. All he did was Seriously, even when Clark Kent came in in a cape because he had forgotten yeah. to take it off, I was still like, why is Clark wearing a cape? No, I never... Even when Clark Kent flew into the office, really, he was wearing a suit. Uh huh. Didn't recognize him. It's, yeah, a lot gets by you. A lot gets by me. So uh, Michael Douglas played uh, Liberace, and Matt Damon played yeah. the fifth. And he the, played him, and he's not dead. That's that's a big part of the movie. Like I think a lot of people thought Michael Douglas was dead. You know what I mean? Because, well, because he was ill. And we haven't heard from him. Yeah. His dad was ill. His dad had a stroke. No, I know, but... Oh, Michael Douglas is ill? Yeah. You should send him a card. You should have. <laughs> Too know. late. Too late. Now he's big time. Oh, Now, now he's I... being considered for an Fuck. Emmy. He doesn't want your get well card. This is Emmy bait, right? Like, everybody's going to get nominated for this. And should. They better. How So, uh, Liberace fell in love with a young guy, good looking guy. Right. And he kind of took care of him until he didn't want to anymore. Right, fell in love. That's that's the interesting thing. That's what this movie walks the line because it's Liberace fell in love. Look, I'm making air quotes with my fingers with a lot of men and kept taking in a lot of men, as the movie points out. But this one supposedly you're led to believe was special because it was about four years their relationship was that it? It was a while, yeah. Four or five years. So it was special, but that the movie walked the line. He wasn't just the guy he had sex with. He was someone... They, they had a really screwed up relationship, but it, they made it seem like maybe there was love. But it was also... They really did a great job in showing that it was... Um, so, showing Matt Damon's ass. They did a great job of that. <laughs> they did not spare any Matt Damon I, ass. I thought I saw a Michael Douglas pube. Didn't you? All right. So they did this weird thing with Michael Douglas's <laughs> body. So Matt Damon would always stand up... They did this up. weird thing showing it. Well, they would one. show everything... But his junk, his liber, his little liberaches. Yes. Because, but they would almost show it like it was like 
I'm trying to think of what cartoon or what movie they always do when they walk by. It's, oh, and in the Simpsons movie, when Bart Simpson was naked and every time he went in front of something, right. it would just block his penis. They held up a French fry. Or the Austin Powers. Yeah. Yeah. So there's always that gag. And I felt like they were doing that to us because they were almost showing right. Michael Douglas's naked and then no. someone would hold up a bowl of fruit and then yes. it would block it. And you're like, oh. Oh, boy. Oh, 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 We just escaped. We did not see, need to see his ass. No, we Which, didn't. I assume it would be like Tommy Wiseau in The Room. you never seen The Room. I've never seen The Room. You well, saw he, the blank look on my yeah. face. <laughs> <laughs> but he, he... It was just like that. The guy puts himself yes naked in the you. movie. It was just like... And you see his ass, and it's just... Hangs. It's gross. And you're just like... Yeah. Yeah, he could have cut that out. But so yeah. they, they, they threaten you with showing you Michael Douglas. They do. They show you Michael Douglas having sex with Matt Damon. But, but more important than that, what I found sexier than that were the sets and the costumes. And, you know, I just found out that the mansion where they shoot Liberace's mansion, the exterior, is Zsa Zsa Gabor's actual house in L.A. It's wow. supposed to be the Las Vegas pad of Liberace because he's yeah. got a lot of pads. Zsa Zsa Gabor's house. That, like, sets my, the fag hag meter, goes up to 11. <laughs> it was Zsa Zsa Gabor's house. You got Zsa Zsa Gabor in there. Oh my god! Yeah, and wow. Yeah, it, I was fooled You're because there's away. a big L on the gate, so I assumed it was Liberace's actual house. <laughs> you see, like I might not recognize celebrities, <laughs> but you put an L on somebody's house, and you Boom. think so. I could put an L on my front door, and you'd be like, "It's Liberace's house." Liberace Hawkins. <laughs> oh no! This is a five-story walk-up. Yeah, so you're bad with buildings. I'm bad with celebrities. Either that or Shirley's roommate. What? Laverne Shirley. Oh yeah. No? The L. That's right. what you were getting there. That's what you were referencing. I'm finding a place to cut it. <laughs> <laughs> Where's their gun scene. So, but for Matt Damon, they show him first instead of Liberace. I thought it was interesting. They introduce his character, which is just oh, and they a guy we don't know. A guy you don't know who's an animal trainer on a movie set. That was a great scene. Yeah. It was like an authentic animal. And it took the time. To show what he did for a living and that he was legit and that he right that he really knew yeah, what he was doing. Yeah, he was legit and he was sweet and kind-hearted. You know, you ruffle a dog's muzzle. You're like, okay, he's legit. Yeah, yeah, and then or then they show him at a gay bar, or, or vice versa, whatever. But he meets a guy who I said could have. Is that the guy from Quantum Leap? Where you said, well, it looks like him. Yeah, was it? Yeah, it was him. It really was? Yeah. No way. Scott Bakula. Huh? With a with a He looks good. Stash. He looks great. Yeah. It's a lot of old guys in this he film. He has a, lot a of good time machine. Like that must that show was real cuz like he looks great. <laughs> that's what happened. Did you know that's what really happened? I well, now he, I do. In, he's in Quantum Leap is real. Yes, Quantum Leap is real. <laughs> and, and he got zapped to 2013 while they were making I had acted in that show cuz I would look awesome now. Oh, yeah, they would zap you around. They would have zapped me around. But the mustache might have tickled. Whereas Debbie Reynolds was obviously performed in some show with a... Took her back to the prehistoric era. No, whatever her makeup was, she looked ancient in the movie. It was not believable as... Well, I mean, she's ancient in real life, too, but she's sort of glam ancient. But they did a great job. Debbie Reynolds as Liberace's mom looks, like, older than Estelle Getty. She looks, and she looked completely different. Like her face is a lot thinner. She's got like a round face in real life. Did you recognize her or no? Not at all. Okay. I still don't don't believe it was her. Yeah, I know. Yeah. You know, I believe Liberace was straight. And now I'm not going to (laughs) be fooled again that Debbie Reynolds played his mother. It's all lies. This movie was all lies. He was straight. A quick story. uh, You know, everyone believed that uh, Liberace was straight in real life. And everyone thought he was straight and that he just couldn't find the right woman. Right? That was kind of the... Not everyone, but his fan Fans, base. His fan base. When you you said you saw Liberace live when you were a yes, teenager. Yes, I did. Yeah, at Radio City Music Hall. I was a young teenager and I saw him with the Dancing Waters and whatever. I was actually a fan. Not, you know, wasn't a... Com- yes, I knew going to him was campy, but it wasn't a total ironic, I'm going to make fun of him thing. Like, I really thought he was awesome. Did you know he was gay? Or did you, you think he was you know, gay? Here's the fact. Like, I really thought that Clinton had nothing to do with Monica Lewinsky. When he said, I didn't do anything, I had no sexual relationship with a woman, I totally believe Monica was, there was nothing happening. So what I'm saying is with Liberace, I believed he was gay, but because of his protests that he wasn't gay, very public protests that he wasn't gay, I believe that maybe he was a 
guy who never practiced. Like he was a gay guy who was so repressed and Catholic that he never actually had sex with a man. Because if I don't see you actually having sex with a man and you say you don't, I will always believe you're not gay. So you know what I mean? I Are believe you he was me? gay. Is this about me or is it still about Liberace? Because <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're pointing at me. I'm just saying, me. until I see <laughs> you have sex quotes. with a man, yeah. I'll, I'll always believe what you're telling me, this I'm not gay stuff. I'll always believe it. Good. No matter, well, even though you're wearing a fox fur cape <laughs> right at this moment, bejeweled <laughs> with Swartsky crystals. I don't know how to pronounce that. Do you know how to pronounce a crystal? Swartsky? Well, they're minor knockoffs. They're Schwartzies. <laughs> they're Schwartzy crystals. <laughs> Schwartzy lives down the street. He lent me the robe. It was cold. It looks fantastic. Thank you. Thank you very much. Brings out your eyes. Thanks. But I don't <laughs> think that makes rings. you gay just because you're wearing that robe right now. No, the fact that I'm having sex with Schwartzy. Uh, makes me gay. Oh. But no, I think, well, it's funny you said it. So you, you did think he was gay. I mean, you just thought that he was, you and probably. it was the joke. By that point, it was the 80s. It was the joke that Liberace was gay. And I was still, you know. Yeah. But his fan base, the women, and coming up through the years, no, they didn't. Like know Clay Aiken. His fans just would not believe that he was gay when he was in yeah, the Yeah, maybe the Ricky Martin. Maybe they, you know, they didn't believe it until he. Well, my thing is that, you know, I'm trying to make a little sound studio in here. My thing <laughs> is that uh, I'm playing with pillows yeah, while we talk. He's moving pillows around as we talk, which is amazing that he can do that wearing this cape. <laughs> I don't know how my houseboy is uh, outside getting us some fresh. Love the houseboy, got to say. The houseboy who reminded Liberace's both of us yeah. of uh, Liberace's houseboy of the producers white 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 the color of our carpets he was they must have toned it like, they, they were like we're, let's make it like the white 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 guy but he was great he was really good he was so over the top but so good but I've met guys like you must have met guys like that like who were like this is my thing I'm Liberace's houseboy screw yeah, you I haven't really met actual houseboys well just like you know this is my thing and I own it and yeah. screw you and then so he, so Matt Damon kind of comes into Liberace's life, Matt Damon's character, and he, at first he's just like And we like see another boy leaving. Yeah. Matt Damon comes in, another pretty boy hits the road. Well, there's a lot of like, to move things along, there's a lot of like obvious things that I don't know if Soderbergh would ever do. Like, like what? Well, all right, so when we meet Liberace, he has his protege, who's uh -huh. the guy he's sleeping with. Right. right. And he comes out on a piano and he's playing, and then when they show him in the dressing room, they're immediately like... This guy's not interested in Liberace. He's just eating the whole time. He's always eating when he's not on stage. So it's like... Yeah, he's always eating. But you got the idea that they were lovers and Liberace was done with him. That's why he was so angry. He, I got the idea yeah, yeah. that he was disinterested because he saw what was happening and he was like, oh, great, next. And that's what happened later on to Matt Damon. Yeah. Yeah. I thought Liberace was just having like sleepovers with these guys and like tumble fights. That's what he thought. Yeah. But no, but with Matt Damon, I felt like the movie walked the line because it wasn't a next because you were like, wow, Liberace's moving on to another guy. But at that point, again, it was this was a bit abrupt. Like all of a sudden, Matt Damon's character becomes a cokehead. You know what I mean? Or a See, speed I, freak and a cokehead. Yeah, I disagree with you. We talked about it during the movie. I felt like the doctor, Rob Lowe, uh, was giving him speed to lose right. weight and he got addicted to it. And then the next gateway drug is... Now cocaine. Maybe they they, they okay, left fine. out a scene. That's that's well, they left out a scene. But yeah, whatever. He became a drug addict, and so yeah. Liberace wanting to throw him over, he did become an addict. Like he wasn't the same guy. He was, you know, a sweaty, paranoid addict. So it wasn't like just. But do you think Liberace, Liberace would have got rid of him anyway? He was still getting older. That's what I'm saying. It and, it and walks getting, the line. You don't know. Yeah, and the movie walked the line of being campy and good, right? Like. Sincere. It could have been. I love the sincerity of it. They didn't just, they were playing freaks, but they were playing it sincerely, so they were sympathetic freaks. You know, the houseboy and a lot of other people in that movie remind me of uh, Beyond the Valley of the Dolls. Yeah. Like that, it could have been that campy. Like it almost was. Yeah. It, and they didn't shy away from Liberace being, saying like over the top sexual things to these boys and then these crazy things on stage. Like they, they set it up really well. It, it could was, have been a really, if anyone else did it, it would have been Beyond the Valley of the Dolls. Yeah, it would have been a complete embarrassment. I mean, the fact that this movie was not an embarrassment is a testament to how well it was shot, how well it was acted. 
I was totally invested in the love story. It brought up other issues. I, I was just going to enjoy it for camp value, but it really brought up the issues of like, you know, they were like a married couple having, pro you know, then having problems in a screwed up relationship, but they happen to be two men. It was so good. It was so good. It was good. And they showed Liberace without his wig, which, all right, here's no, the thing. No, you just said it was good. You weren't like, I said so good. You weren't willing to go to the so. There. No, I wasn't. No. No. You were just like, it's good. It was good. No, it was so good. All right. That's where you're wrong. So <laughs> Sorry, the kid got stuck in my mouth. Were you really? When was you, I? No, as, as, as a straight man. As a straight man, when you see Michael Douglas humping, and, and then we found out that like Matt Damon wouldn't be a bottom, and was that uncomfortable well, that for you? Were the scenes uh, like that discussion? I found interesting because I was like, "Is there?" I'm avoiding the other question. Is there? Because <laughs> Matt, Matt Damon keeps saying, "I know you're guy, avoiding the other question." He he keeps saying, uh, "I'm a bisexual." I'm a bisexual, and I felt right. like that was his out to be like, "Oh, I wasn't really into this relationship because I also like women, so I'm not using you, but I'm not gay either." Like I felt like that was kind of his out. So when he said, "I won't be a bottom," it was because he was really straight the whole time and just using no he's he not wasn't. straight the whole time there or was not nothing about him that was straight the whole time possibly bisexual but it's the thing and you know some gays don't want to be bottoms and some don't want to be tops yeah you know that <laughs> <laughs> just because i have the cape you know and but so, the sex scenes yeah it was uncomfortable it was uncomfortable yeah, yeah, for sure. you i won't lie yeah sure not for me no not at all no you're it was great <laughs> Well, Even he, though Michael Douglas is, you know, bag of wrinkles, it was still like super hot. He was like, he's Michael Douglas, you know, and he's playing Liberace. So he's got like that crazy kind of like, they made up his face to be all like a prune. Oh, yeah. And, and he the plastic weird. surgery scene was hilarious. And oh. it was great. So in real life and in the movie, Liberace convinces his boyfriend to get plastic surgery. I found that plot point to be completely unbelievable. But supposedly it's based, the movie is based on the book by the real guy, Matt Damon's character. What was his name? Guy. The guy. Guy. Yeah. Scott. Scott. Was that's it Scott? It. So it was a book by Scott. That's what the Which movie's I thought was based weird on. Well, I didn't so know this he was allowed part to write must it. be true. But that was the freakish thing when Liberace convinces him to get a facelift to look like Liberace. That was freaky. Like a young Liberace. That was freaky. And then you hear the plot point of Liberace was actually a twin who died. The other twin died at birth. You know, it brings in that whole, first of all, the gay twinning thing is a thing. What is that? Well, twinning, you know, when you look no. at a gay couple, men oh, twinning. I thought you meant like twins who were born twins. So, no, but when oh, you so look at ahead. a gay couple and they look alike, you're like epic twinning. So it takes that level of like some gay men liking the twinning thing to another level to find out that Liberace actually was a twin, you know, who died, you know, his twin died at birth. That's uh -huh. what you find out. Do you remember that point? You're looking blank. You're looking as blank as I looked when you. I'm trying to think of a joke that's not distasteful no about coming. a twin dying. No, I, I'm trying to find a way to make. What are you going to offend me with a dying twin joke? You're not. There's I don't no offend the other thing. twin. No. No, I'm. You know, maybe he heard Liberace play the piano and he killed himself. Like that kind of joke I was looking for. Oh right. Right you now he okay. jumped. Keep looking. Yeah, <laughs> I'll get back to you. It's here somewhere. It's maybe the cape. The, the cape is not helping You've me. You've been putting around the microphone. Yeah, the. I should have prepared <sighs> the pillows. Cape is too hot. How's that? That's that good. That's now fine. the sound is. Yeah, different. that's the sound is great now. Because I have a pillow. I sound up. amazing. No know, matter what pillows great. you put up. I'm not putting up barriers between us. I'm putting pillows around us. <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. It's Just, getting weirder than... Well, let me talk about the... So in the movie... Yes. It, let's get back to the movie. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, there was a lot of talking, uh, explaining about what's going on in the movie, right? Like he kind of... He talks a lot about his life, Liberace, to Matt Damon to kind of yeah. give us... I felt like... It, just because Matt... Everyone's so good in the movie that it didn't feel like exposition of... You know, like it, it could have been a, an essay written by a third grader saying... You know, because he's like, yes. It didn't feel like exposition because I think because Michael Douglas was really good at embodying this character who liked to talk about himself in a schmaltzy way. You know, yeah. that's what was interesting about it was the storytelling of it. Obviously, the guy loved to hold court, whether he was on stage or not. So it didn't feel like dry exposition. We need to tell you guys this stuff. Watch your elbow, Chachi. What? My elbow's doing nothing. 
<laughs> the levels. Um, the levels. The levels. Uh, yes, he he talked a lot. And I was just lost. I mean, you know what I really want to talk about is his wig. That was the most disturbing thing. So that was uh, more disturbing for you than the gay sex. Well, there was one scene where he had gay sex without the wig, and that was really disturbing. Yeah. Because I believed, I didn't believe that he was straight because I was a kid, but I still was like, oh, I can believe he's gay, which I was fine with. But I always thought that was his hair until I watched. And the that movie. was really disturbing. Yeah, that was I a pulled, disturbing scene, but that was such a great moment where. It was such a great moment where he's revealed to be, you know, more of a freak. The the, pla- the plastic surgery to make him look young, and he really is just an old perv. Well, Matt Damon discovers him after he moves perv. in, after a while, that he... Uh, yeah, it makes you worried, like, what him. is your partner? You've been with someone so long, what do you not know about your partner? I guess what was freaky about it is that Matt Damon didn't know that wasn't his hair. They're like, ah, ah. but I know a lot of men who find out their woman has fake boobs, like, years later it's like dude you didn't know like what i don't think they cared huh no but just not no they don't care in that way but they just didn't know like oh really oh you never told me your boobs were fake and i think you could tell that right oh you would think but there are a lot of men who can't and i guess you could tell the wig too but if they're having sex and sleeping together pull it off you know what i mean (laughs) we gotta really have this discussion i'm just saying no you can't tell the piece well, what could you tell about the piece? What's gayer? There's sex different. in this conversation. About <laughs> <laughs> I'm just so, saying. Yeah. I'm just saying. So, I mean, did you feel like it was factual, this movie? Did you feel like you got you learned a lot about Liberace? I wasn't in the bedroom, but of course I did. I, of course I felt. Do you think they need to show them having sex? They didn't show very much. Certainly wasn't more than, graphic. No, no, no. It wasn't like pornographic, but it was them definitely having sex. And some movies... I felt like it, they cut away too fast many times. Oh, yeah? In a, in a male-female movie, they wouldn't have cut away that quickly. They didn't want to show any enjoyment. Like, what was it? He went down on Matt Damon, and they were like, cut! It was instant off. They didn't show Matt they Damon enjoy show, it, right? That yeah, face, they didn't that show him enjoying oblique. anything. Well, if it was a male-female movie, you would have like been like, oh, I am enjoying this. And it would have lingered for a second. There was no lingering. It was like... Mm. Oh, I felt like... But, but you were like, that was quite enough. It was enough. It was quite Thank enough. Thank you very much. <laughs> yes. That'll be all, pig. Um, <laughs> no, I felt like there was, there was a lot, and that he made, obviously, if it was on, it's on HBO, or it was originally going to be a regular movie, so they can show sex scenes, but if it was on regular television, Lifetime Network, they would shy away from all of that. I'm obviously, sorry, but they on have Game to. of Thrones, they show far more sex. Is that between two men? Well, they have two men sex, but... When it's a man-woman scene on Game of Thrones, there's far more. Uh-huh. You know? I don't watch Game of Thrones. Well, I'm just saying. I'm too gay. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of boobs on Game of, Game of Thrones, so, you know. No, I appreciate the uh, tip. Yeah. <laughs> if you need to know which ones of those boobs... Actually, on Game of Thrones, real boobs. A lot of real boobs. Oh, I guess Very they weird for TV. They have re- uh, same with Magic City, which is on... Cinemax? I don't know that. Stars? I only pay for one premium channel. Oh, what are that, you, Mr. No, no, no. It's the Mr. premium Money one that comes bags? for free when you get HBO. Oh, you or get Cinemax? That's, yeah. Cinemax or Stars for free. They just are like, they don't, don't no, tell No, that's nobody. you. That's because they like you. Oh, that's nice. But they have a, it's like <laughs> their own version of Mad Men. And it takes place in the 60s in Miami. Oh, but they have casino. boobs. It's like Mad Men with boobs. And they were like casting a lot of boobs. Oh. They, were ca- they were having problems casting because they had to find women with real boobs. Oh, and yeah. That's hard in LA. But that, it's all over the top. Like, they just, every scene, there's just boobs because yeah. they're like, oh, they we want can. people to watch. Yeah. So this movie, they can have as much sex as they want. Right. But the they didn't. They hadn't. They could have had much more. It's HBO. But anyway. Yeah, yeah. But it was enough to show that they were in a sexual relationship. There was no denying. There was no there was a sexual relationship. It. No. Because at the end, we find out that he cheats on Matt Damon's character. And Scott. And well, that's after show... his mom dies. That was really Right? Because yeah. his mom dies and he goes, I'm finally free. And we feel like that's when Liberace becomes unhinged. Like, oh. that's what I felt like. I felt like if Liberace gets found out now, although he doesn't really want to be known as an old queen, when his mom dies, he's like, screw it, I'm going to the glory hole. You know? Oh, that's when they go to the glory hole. Yeah, it was after mom died. Yeah, that was, it it was really good. Not just showing like, so they showed the relationship, like here they are having sex, they have a healthy sexual relationship. And then they, um, then they show their arguments where he was, Liberace was so fucking manipulative. 
to Matt Damon and vice versa. Yeah, but also Matt Damon was a little freaky on the speed. You know, I didn't think, I feel like you're all on Liberace's side, but. No, no, I thought he was really manipulative with Matt Damon. And like, there's a scene where after Liberace's mom dies, he owned him. Yeah. Uh, They go to a, uh, a peep show and Matt Damon's really drunk and they go in this huge limo and they're both in big uh, fur coats. In the coats. Yeah. Yeah. And so. Liberace justifiably is mad at Matt Damon for do, still doing drugs. Yeah. And then he goes, "Well, you were you went to a um, you went to a peep show and you're famous and you shouldn't do that." And Liberace immediately is like, "Oh, you're right. You're right. You're so good for me. You're so good for me. Now, can you just do me a favor and stop doing cocaine?" Yeah. Like, it was so well done that they showed him do that stuff. This turn guy. it around. Yeah, that they were able to to write that. You know, I'm guessing that was all in the book about how. If Scott wrote the book, then he's saying this guy manipulated me. Yeah, well, and if I he's want... a recovering drug addict, then he's being honest about his drugs too. Yeah. 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 So, have you read the book? And now are you going to read the book? Now I'm interested to read the book. Uh huh. I am. Might be a bad book, but maybe I just need to just see the movie twenty more times. <laughs> you own it now. You, <laughs> you watch it over and over again. Uh, yeah, and now it's funny. I just wanted to tell a story about you know Liberace you know, and people not knowing he was gay. I worked for somebody who, uh, he was an executive. Are you going to out somebody? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I'm going to out Jim J. Bullock. So it was a show with Jim J. Bullock who, and Tammy Faye Baker had a talk show together. Did you know that? Yeah, of course. Jim J. and Tammy Faye. Of course. Oh, or Fat Guy. Those are two greatest Uh, Yeah, they're right up there. I saw her documentary. Of course I did. That was great, yeah. That was a great documentary. Um, So he had to do, his executive had to do uh, audience, you know, testing and stuff. So he was really worried about, like, are blue-haired women going to care that one of the co-hosts is gay? You know, Jim J. Bullock is gay. So he, he approached it, like, kind of vaguely to this test audience of, like, 20 old ladies. And they Ooh. all died of shock. No, what happened? There, none of them thought he was gay. They were like, he's not gay. He's just, Jim J. Bullock? Oh, he's just... They None of them, they just believed that he wasn't gay. That's how they right. dealt with it. And he's same just- with... When Southern. Clay Aiken came out of the closet, I, I worked on a show where Clay Aiken was on, and it was literally 500 women in their 40s. Uh, all right, 300 women in their 40s going crazy for him, pushing over security to get backstage. Just not, and really? They're, and they're all outside. We would shoot bands outside, and they're all outside. 40-year-old women just singing along, hanging on everywhere. This is when he was in the closet. This has to be... People from the Midwest, like maybe well, things are. Just what are you? Different. People in Midwest have no gaydar. Yeah, I think so. I don't. Know. No? I think you just believe what you want to believe. I guess because then when he came out of the closet, they were angry. They were angry. And they should. They have be. no right to be angry. Oh uh, yeah, of course they should. Why? Oh, he never said I'm not gay. Because they were saying, well, he, you know, this isn't true. He isn't gay or whatever. But they have no saying. right to be angry because he's so obviously gay. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> but all these other men are obviously gay, and people are uh, still denying it. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. So, anyway, let's talk more about this movie. Yeah. Recommend it highly. What? The I, sets were amazing. The interior. Five thumbs up. I have only one question. The interior. Yeah. In the scene. Okay, so Matt Damon says, "Oh, how do you get it up so many times? You've done it four times today." And Michael Douglas is like, "Oh, honey, I had implants. You know." Um, what does that mean? What did he mean by implants? We're well, talking pre-Viagra. What kind of implant could he be talking about? Is he actually air pumping? I, I have no what? idea. You have I'm no idea? Because that lost me. No, I have an idea. You know, I just feel like it was the 70s and there really wasn't that much. Right. But it obviously worked, whatever it was. But we don't know what technology he's talking about? I don't know, because right after that scene, while you were asking us what that meant, I was ordering it on Amazon. So <laughs> in two weeks... The package will be here, and I'll let you know how it works out. <laughs> or on Etsy, because it's vintage. What a, not on Amazon, because it doesn't exist anymore. I got to knit one so on Etsy. You were trying to wrap it up. You were asking what I thought of the movie, the sets, the whole nine. Is that sure. what it is? Everything. I loved it. First of all, I like chandeliers. So there's one thing. <laughs> Gay Second man and all, chandeliers. Crystals. That on clothes uh-huh. or on chandeliers. <laughs> Number three, I like butts of men... There were lots of those. Um, and there was just great acting. That's what your big complaint always was about Quantum Leap. Not enough butts. Yeah. Yeah. 
You're like, I get it. I like sci-fi. Well, the Liberace movie could have used more time traveling. Yeah, that is true. Because I am also a sci-fi fantasy nerd. But even without time traveling, we're talking uh-huh. Zsa, Zsa Gabor's house. We're talking amazing sets, amazing detail, and a totally over-the-top story that came across like a real love story that raised issues where like... Well, maybe he was trying to adopt them because they couldn't get married. There was no such thing as gay marriage. The concept wasn't even there. I mean, it's kind of screwed up that he wanted to adopt this guy he was having sex with. Liberace wanted to adopt uh, Matt Damon as Scott because Scott was a foster kid, but he was also 20 years old at the time. And he loved him. But he didn't adopt him, and he could have. They made a point saying he could have adopted him, and I think we all assumed that he had, right? Well, I, I, mean, didn't I think he didn't it. want to entangle his money with him. Is that what it was? Yeah. Yeah, so that was also manipulative where he was like, oh, I'm adopting you, I'm putting you in my will. And when they got, when they separated, he was able to get, leave him with nothing. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, is that... And it a, made you wonder, was it real love or was it just like, okay, you're slightly more important to me than the other boy toys? Like, who knows? Who knows? But it was excellent. So excellent. But you yeah. just think, good. Tell me why you just thought, good. Why you just like, good. Because you're not into chandeliers. Yeah, I, got, I was attacked by a chandelier as a child. <laughs> <laughs> were you bored at any point? Uh, That's a yes. Yeah, you were just I like, think I was. What was the part that you were bored about? I don't know. It just it there took... were dogs crapping on the floor. That was exciting. Yeah, that was good. That was for me. No, what that. what was boring? I don't know. Something because because the movie is so good that there was a lot of show not tell, like a lot of the relationship. So some of that takes time, and you're just like. I don't need to see Matt Damon swimming in the pool. Or maybe you do. Or sitting yeah. by the pool. Or yeah. a car driving up with a station wagon with, with a piano painted on it. That was awesome. Yeah. Just seeing a station wagon with a piano painted on it was worth the price of admission. For me. <laughs> <laughs> don't you think? It was pretty amazing. There were scenes. I don't know. Those parts are just kind of long. But it was interesting. I don't agree with uh, your husband's complaint that the when they showed... Liberace concerts in Vegas, he's a look too small. Well, but he's British. He doesn't know what... He's never been to Vegas. He doesn't know what a Vegas concert is. But, but I, I felt like, yeah, he's... Because we build up in our minds. I mean, you've seen Liberace Live. These big, big, grandiose shows. And then we watch a movie on it, and it's really not that grandiose. Right, but they didn't Besides show him at Radio driving. City. They showed him at these venues. But casino venues are like that. Like, uh-huh. My husband's never been to a casino. That you know he doesn't know what they're like. He's in Pachinga right now. He doesn't now. even know he's married to a man. What? Don't tell him. <laughs> I've had implants, is all I'm saying. That's <laughs> why I like the movie so much. Um, yeah. Clutching those pearls. I didn't think it was too small. You didn't think it was too small, did you? The venue? No, but I felt like, oh yeah, because you always hear about these big grand... It was pretty grandiose. He had a big orchestra. I think you just expect... I don't know, maybe because the movie expected more. Mm-hmm. But... It was really good. Worth seeing. Yeah. Totally worth seeing. We're seeing many, many times. Are there great lines? Like, there weren't that many campy lines, mm. were there? Oh, uh, well, when I watch it for the 43rd time, I'll let you know, but... But it um, is a movie you can watch over and over again. Like, there's a, Obviously, Soderbergh is a great filmmaker, but you know, I remember that movie, The Late Shift? Yes. Like, I've seen that a hundred times, and I feel like I could see this Liberace movie a hundred times. Right? You feel that way? Yeah. I feel Even like though you really thought watchable. it was... Eh? Yeah. You could watch an Ant movie a hundred times. You think The Late Shift was a good movie? Yes. Yeah, I guess it was. <laughs> <laughs> but I wouldn't watch it a hundred times, but yeah. It's just what falls. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I mean, the people who would not be offended by this movie will love this movie. Anyone who won't be totally grossed out by seeing a love story with two men and, and chandeliers and and little white dogs will love it. Well, that too. Like, there isn't a lot of gay love stories on TV where they actually have sex or gay couples where they actually kiss. Yeah. But even without the sex, their arguments were so Edward Albee, you uh know, they were so true and it, and it brought up real gay issues that aren't confronted. Cause like on TV, usually gays are like the guys who make you dress better or redecorate your house or asexual or they asexual, but say snappy lines. Yeah. Yeah. You know, this was more like showing a dark side. And there is a problem with gays with, you know, relationships and fidelity. And that's, it's, of course, it's a problem in straight relationships, too. But it's 
little bit different. Now I'm not going to talk anymore about it because then I'll just reveal I'm a gay man. But which I already did. You did. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to judge. Don't judge. No. Mm-mm. But I appreciate you carrying up those boxes. <laughs> That's why I'm not going to judge. Don't judge. Yeah, no, I think, um, they, but he's showing a real, re- it's a real relationship, whether it is Edward Albee, it is like, um, just like a terrible relationship that we're watching going on, but they really did love each other. And they made a point at the end when he's dying, just that he calls him back to tell him he loves him. Again, I, that was fantastic, but I'm like, hmm, since the book was written by the surviving guy, yeah, you know, like, you're the one. So in the end, when he's dying, Liberace says, I really did like you best. You know, of all the boy toys I had, you were really special and you made me the happiest. But again, consider the source book being written by that guy who's being told that. You know what I mean? It reminded me of Melvin and Howard. You know that movie? Mm, No, you're getting the blank look again. There's a a true story. This guy uh, claims he picked up Howard Hughes when Howard Hughes is in his crazy hermit mode. He picked him up and Howard Hughes promised him his fortune because he picked him up and drove him home or and became friends. Oh, really? So there's a movie about it. It's great. It came out in the early 80s. Wow. Jason Robards plays Howard Hughes. So it's kind of told from Melvin's point of view. Yeah. And so in the movie, the whole movie is in Melvin's point of view. It's like they treat it as fact. Right. And then he goes to court and he has a fight and I think he lost ultimately. Right. Sounds like you would lose a case like that. But the whole movie, they shoot it like it really happened. And that's why I felt like this movie was a little bit, you know, it was a, Melvin Howard was a little bit of, of a fantasy, like if Howard was telling the truth, uh, Melvin was telling the truth. But this too is like a little bit of a fantasy, like if Scott saw the stories. Yeah. If he's telling the truth, if not, who knows? Like, who knows? And so much better than uh, Al Pacino as Phil Spector. Did you watch that? I did not. It was David Mamet wrote and directed it was supposed to, oh, yeah, yeah. but he kind of hypothesized what happened because right. he couldn't get a real interview. So it was mm. kind of garbage. Yeah, you're yawning. You're yawning, yawning just thinking Oh, about I it. saw, uh, <laughs> this is we're doing a timely uh, movie review. What? Hangover 3. I watched that today. How was it? It was good. It it's, was good? It's like a good action movie, but it's not a comedy. Like there's funny parts. Your whole podcast going to have to change talking about all these movies you actually enjoy. Yeah, but I, I felt like like it's it's. I'm trying to think of like some dark movie. It's like Fast and Furious, yeah, but not as funny as a Fast and Furious, right? <laughs> you know, I haven't seen that either. But you, really? like you expect, it's like a dark. It's a dark action movie, like Ronin, right? Or yes, I know that. All right, you're going like, back far enough. Yeah, yeah, Ronin. It's like Ronin. What am I, Debbie Reynolds? Yeah, okay. <laughs> it's like it happened one night, or the Great Train Robbery. Edison, remember Edison made the Great Train Robbery? You're, we're talking about Hangover Three, right? Yeah, yeah, I was trying to go back. Oh, okay. I went back to the first. No, movie I know, I but you really liked it. I liked it. It was good, but it's really fucked up. Like people get shot and killed right in front of you, and there's a lot mm-hmm. of like crazy violence. So you How know, much male sex. There's a lot of male sex. Oh, then I'll No, there's no boobs, that. by there's the no way. Boobs. Warning for that. You figure a movie like that would have that. But no, just violence. A lot of violence. Mm. Yeah. No, I'm not no. such a fan of that. More boobs, less violence. If, I mean... You know, like when movies, they're high concept, and then they fill it with like solving a mystery or... Yeah. That's what this movie felt like. Like, they were oh. filling the movie with all these action scenes. Hmm. And there's a great action scene when they're scaling down the... Uh, Caesar's Palace from the roof. So that's entertaining. That was yeah. That's what I'm saying. I can't say don't see it. I just like that's what you want in a movie. movie. That's a movie. And don't expect the second movie, which is good. Right. And short. It seems short. Just seems short. It did seem short. Yeah. Oh. The second one seemed like it wouldn't end. So that means you enjoyed it. No, not one. Not one. Mm -mm. Then you're not a guy. No. Wow. No, I could be a gay man. I'm saying I'm a gay man. Oh, you know a gay man watch Hangover? I don't think so. Because I'm a gay man, so I would There know. was a lot of uh, Zach Galifianakis like, hitting on um, the other guy, uh, Bradley Cooper. Oh, right. But then they just resolve it and they throw it away. Like, There's a lot of funny things where he's, him and Ken Jeong are like, kind of in love with him, and then they just ignore it. Wow. They just change. So I don't know why I put that in. And then not resolve it. Yeah, I don't know. So it was like a cheap laugh. 
Yeah. Yeah. What do I know? Susie, you when don't I used know. to know, see Zach, I was like, oh, that guy, the guy with the backpack and the hair. When was it, 1990s? 1990s. Well, like, we did shows together. And I, and I was like, oh, he's the guy with the backpack and the hair. He'll never get anywhere, the guy with the backpack and the hair. I, and I was like, oh, I think he's great, but how wrong I was. Who else did you he know? Took, he rode his backpack and hair. All the way to the top. All the way to the top. You did a show every week or twice a week. Twice a week for a while and every week. But I knew Zach from Luna Lounge. Uh-huh. That wasn't my show. That wasn't your show. Mm-mm. Who else from Luna Lounge did you think didn't wouldn't make it and made it big? Um, No, well, not really I, anyone else. <laughs> really, just Zach. Just Zach. the only one. I was like, he's the hang out with people. I was like, he's the hang out guy. Uh-huh. He's not the, the you know, grabbed by your, his presence guy. But, yeah. On the website, um... I, I took it from somewhere else, but somebody found on YouTube a clip of Zach doing an open mic in like 2001 okay. or 2000 and Ken Jeong uh, kind of doing a bit with him. So it's kind of good to see on the website. But it's like early Zach doing weird material and some of it's terrible and some of it's funny. Yeah. And I just talked to this, young, this, uh, this guy, Jeremy, who's in his 20s and he's like, oh, I can't believe... And this is what you find interesting. He's like, I watched that video too and I can't believe... That Zach did open mics. But that's funny because that's how we met him. And that's how we met a lot of these guys, like at the beginning. Well, everybody, everybody did. Or even if they were doing book shows, they're doing open mics at the same time. And even people who are great still. They still do. We'll go back and do an open mic. I mean, stage time is stage time. Right. But yeah, it's weird st- that they think that. Yeah. They weren't bring, doing bringer shows is what they weren't doing. Like Zach and the rest of us were not doing... If you were doing alternative comedy, you weren't doing bringer shows. So what's a bringer show? A bringer show is when you can perform at a club or venue if you bring a certain number of paying audience members. That was the reason I started my show. Because there were talented people who, if they didn't do an open mic, they felt like the only way to get on stage and do comedy in a non-open mic situation was to do a bringer show. And I was like, I need a place where people are booked, where... Is as crappy as the venue is, you're booked, but you don't have to pay to play. You don't have to pimp your friends to come out. You can have a place to suck or be bad or or you're whatever. Really selling the show. Yeah, but people are always selling the show and people went. I know, and there are always men like being nice to women to like get them to their bringer shows, you know. Oh, I never thought of that. That's a good move. That happened all the time. Oh yeah? Yeah. Oh, I felt bad for people because the check would drop. And it's like $50 to watch all this. Oh, awful. I went to see... Uh, oh, you know what the worst part of the bringer shows? Like, I used to do them. That was bad. And You but did them? Everybody did them. I was, no, I'm I the only wor- one who never did one. I did... Um, Everybody did I them did starting bring- out. No, you know what? I, did? I was in an improv it? group. And the improv group... A bringer rent- improv show? Wow, that's You rent good. a that's space really and then low. you get all your friends to come. And oh, then you compete with each other. Oh, but I don't call like, that a Oh, you didn't show. bring enough people. Oh, really? Yeah, because they're like... And then there's one person who brought her whole family would have more... She would say during rehearsal, well, this sketch works with our audience, i.e. her mom. And Oh, that's awful. Yeah, well, she was right. They were the paying audience in that little room. Oh, that's but, sad. But, you know, you still can argue with it. No, an improv bringer show is sadder. Yeah, but you had a great room at a, at a cop bar. Not yeah, a cop bar? Yeah, it, it was an everything bar, but it was a... It was a divey family bar it wasn't a divey like dangerous bar although it had been in the day but you performed at that bar before i ever did yeah it was a dangerous bar record yeah you did it when it was an open mic it was an open mic there was um a woman playing piano looked like howard stern (laughs) and she had a gut and um, and your life was in danger performing there when you did it yeah there was sailors it was packed with sailors yeah oh i had some shows with sailors but you did just fleet week yeah. yeah it was fleet week yeah uh, my dad said he got into a fight there once. He uh, did. So he was really nervous about me going to do your show. Aww. Some guy said... Uh, dad didn't seem like the type who would have gotten in a fight. Well, that's why he was upset about it. Yeah. He was like, don't go in there. <laughs> like, anyone who walks in there is just going to get beat up. You're just going to get punched in the well, face. Well, the story changes, but apparently some guy was like, you fucking Jews. 
And my dad and his friend said, "You. That's funny you say that because I thought you were Jewish." Because like, I'm not Jewish. Goes, oh, well, you move your hands. This is the and comeback the, line. And he's like, "You move your hands in a little kind of mannerisms like Jews do." I do not. And he's swinging his hands around. <laughs> oh no! And you got the, your eyes are close together like a Jew. Fuck you! And he's like, "Your nose is like big like a Jew." I thought you were. And the guy just freaked out. That's really brave of him, though. Well. I don't know what happened next, but <laughs> he never went back to the bar. I think he just did it. What about the guy? We don't have to say the guy's name who ran in and yelled, Yankees suck, and ran out. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. It's, it's like a Yankees bar in New York, and he ran in and said, Yankees suck, and oh. ran out and got beat up. Yeah. That guy. No. But he was inciting an incident. Yeah, well, there was always inciting an incident, you know. Well, the drunks. Yeah, there were a yeah. lot of drunks inciting incidents. And, uh, you know, I had a problem when I started my show where no comedians would come and do it what? because they had heard the reputation of the bar back from when it was. There were a lot of people who had semi-made it, but they knew what the bar was like back when you were doing it with the open mic. And they were like, no way I'm going to do it, David Tell, no way. Like, I'm not getting back there. I'm not coming back. And it was actually Lewis Black did my first show ever. This is Lewis Black before The Daily Show. He said, I'll do it. And him saying he would do it, made all these other people say, oh, well, if, you know, if he'll do it, I'll do it. But the first people who did my show, the Sklar Brothers did it. Uh-huh. Uh, Emmy Laybourne. Basically, everybody who did my show the first year went on to great fame. That's all what I'm them. saying. I, I had to follow Louis Black on your show once. And how was that for you? <laughs> it was actually an awkward story that I was watching him and I started, kind of like people do with Brody Stevens, I started doing his mannerisms, the finger You can't thing. help it, right? I can't help it. And then he's looking at me like I'm stealing his material. And, and, I'm, like, and I look ah! at my finger and I'm like, ah! So I shake my hands. <laughs> like, stop doing that last guy. You're faster. Because it's that intense. Yeah. He was so good there because unlike the younger comics, he would just do his five minutes and get off or seven minutes and people would just be like going crazy wanting more whereas the younger comedians were like i'm gonna stay on stage until someone like rips me off with the cane you had a great you know? strategy when somebody said uh how much time do i have left oh yeah that was my rule i don't know how i came up with the rule but the rule was I, it really drove drove me nuts at every amateur comedy show Comedians would say, how much time do I have left to the host? And usually on the host stage. was on from the stage. And usually the host would say, uh, a minute or two or, you know, wrap it up. My rule was, if you ask from the stage, how much time do I have left? Boom, you're gone. I came back on stage. The music plays. Uh -huh. Because if you're asking how much time you have left and you're breaking that wall, you need to be done. You were done. You should have ended at that last joke. And it, I, I hope it didn't seem cruel. Did it seemed cruel and bitchy. Not to the audience member. The audience loved it. Because they wanted them off. Yeah. I mean, if you're asking, they're uncomfortable. I remember this guy wouldn't get off stage. It was an open mic in San Francisco. And there was like four people in the audience. And I went to see my brother perform. And this guy was so bad, he wouldn't get off stage. And he kept saying, like, how much time do I have left? Oh, and God. then, so I started clapping a lot. <laughs> Did you get him off? <laughs> like we Did were, it work? No, because, <laughs> well, he it threw him was a couple times. Was your brother times. hosting? No, he was sitting next to me, like, Oh, no. Waiting. What was the host doing? I don't know. Oh, God. So I started clapping a lot. And then finally, the guys like, somebody keeps clapping like they think I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> and I think at one point, and I, I would never do this. That's like but the I most was polite like, enough. heckle. You just said enough? I couldn't take it. I, I didn't mean to do you it. You just said enough. Enough. That's so Jewish. Enough already. You didn't say en enough already. No. Enough. Enough. And then what I'm did like, you oh. say? Everyone kind of paused. My brother looked at me because my brother wasn't mad because he knew that. <laughs> no, I didn't nobody was it. mad. No, I, everybody started clapping. He didn't get the hint, you. though. I'll, he didn't I, get it after the enough. Of course not. After enough, people like that don't get it, right? I mean, that's why you threw. That's so why he's you're like still you know, performing so, there right now. He we, won't get off the stage. We, my brother, I just gave up on him so I can come here and meet you. Oh my god, yeah, that's that was crazy. Three. We also went to see uh, the Boston Comedy Club was a club in New York, and they had a, a bringer show from seven to eight, like before the oh. regular. In oh, New York, those are the worst. The worst. And I knew the woman there, and she was going to put my brother up because he's in town. Oh. Or she said, "Why don't you come and see me perform?" So Sue Costello was the host, and no comment. And, and it was it was like a bringer show, but we went, right. and my brother and I sat in the front row, and he was they were going to let my brother perform, so that's why we went. So we were sitting in the front row, and the first comic looked at us and said, "Oh, look at these uh, terrorists." Because oh we're God. Jewish guys. You're a little swarthy. We're a little swarthy. <laughs> and there's two I mean, really, at this, I'm just always nervous when I'm around you, but, you know. 
Just saying, just coming out now. Where I walked in with a big circular, black circular thing with this wick coming out <laughs> of it. And the Randy Epley, like, dynamite strike to your chest. But no, yeah, I'm a little nervous around you. But he said, oh, He looked at me terrorists. like I had dynamite strike to my chest. He was looking for something to pick on, and he yeah. picked on the fact that you're... So the next guy comes out and goes, oh, look at these terrorists. And they're like, what are you guys, cab drivers? Uh... And I'm like, what the fuck? And then the third guy just picked... So all night, they're all doing the same bits. So, uh, oh no, it was really awkward, <laughs> especially if it was like the Oklahoma City bombing just happened and it was a white guy, and you're like, But wait, then you he got to get up, after my brother he'd goes been up, labeled a terrorist. He gets up and he camp. looks at me and goes, Oh, look at this guy, the terrorist over here. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> That's awesome. That's so, awesome. where can people read your stuff? Susie? I love that. Uh, everywhere. That's it. Good night, everybody. Susie Felber at Susie Felber on Twitter is where I hawk all my links. I'm writing for. A lot of different people, and uh, that's really all I have to know. Because I don't have so few followers on Twitter. Not Susie with a Z. Not like you're all running to your computers to follow me. Wait, hold on a second. I just want Twitter followers. How many do you have? That's what I have. So few. You have less than me. I. Who is less? The people I write for. The stuff I write for gets millions and millions of hits. I get my articles. You know, I can get two million, three million views on stuff I'm writing, but. On Twitter, I have under a thousand followers. You know, they don't. But do you put the Twitter thing on your articles? Mm, sometimes. It doesn't help, right? No, it doesn't help at all. It doesn't help at all. And I'm just. But that's just a clearinghouse of if I do something, I'll hawk it there. And that's where I tell jokes. So whatever. Maybe if you're nicer to Zach Galifianakis, no. <laughs> people would follow you. I wasn't bad to him. I wasn't uh, bad to him. Like, you'll never make it. I'll never make it. You threw him out. Uh, yes, check out Susie at Susie Felber. Can we go to Dumb as a Blog? Yeah, they can go to dumbasablog.com. That's really the true TV blog. site I write and edit for. They can go to a lot of different things. But just just Google Susie Felber. You'll not find any naked pictures of me, but you'll find lots of things I've written and performed in. Uh, I put a, um, on the website to get traffic, I would put like different random people naked. And, and did it work? Has it worked? It's just weird that people click on Sharon Osbourne naked. No, but are you getting hits in from that? Yeah, I get like two or three Sarah Osborne naked or, I mean, um, That's hilarious. Shannon, uh, Sharon Osborne. Well, I've been keeping Nikki a personal... Nikki Glaser, you know Nikki Glaser? Yeah, of course. So I interview on the site for her, you know, like I interviewed her for something else and I put so it on the site. So you just went naked? So I did one naked and yeah, every once in a while. I think after the show airs, people are like, oh, was she naked? And That's then they, hilarious. Yeah. Well, I've been running a blog, my own blog, for years and years. And one time, I actually shared a picture of Paris Hilton in some lingerie, but only because my friend designed the lingerie that she was wearing in this movie. Uh-huh. And that page has gotten more hits than anything else I've ever written. It gets it's a bit depressing. Yeah. All but, right. Yeah. I've done that a couple of times on the Media Yenta. Yeah. The other side I used to do. Oh, also check out... Uh, but if you put up Susie Felber naked, you're not going to get any hits. <laughs> like, seriously? <laughs> well, I can't You'll wait get to... negative hits. <laughs> uh, and you're going to be on the radio tomorrow. I'll but on, who knows when people listen to this. Be on Sirius uh, one, on the Trucker Show. Yeah, Sirius Trucker's XM. But you're like king of all media. I am all Television, over. podcasting, satellite radio, if it's... terrorism, <laughs> fox fur capes. What don't you do? I gotta return this cape. <laughs> okay. Uh, thank you very much. FrowlerResents.com. Go there. Uh, sign up if you want to watch Netflix. If you want to see this weekend Arrested Development for free, go to our website, click on for Netflix. You get it free for a month. We'll get twelve dollars. Whoa. Yeah. No way. Yeah, we don't fuck around. That's amazing. So uh, FrowlerResents.com/slash/Netflix, and uh, I'd love to hear what you think of this uh, Liberace movie. All right. If you think he's really gay. <laughs> Thanks, Susie. Thanks. Thanks, Adam. Sure. That was awesome. That was great. Awesome. I'll put these pillows down. Yeah, you can. Adam, that, we're, we're out of time for this interview. <laughs>